Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Are you glad you came to church? I tell you, man, it's just a good day to be in God's house, and I am so glad that uh, you're here. Um, we're, uh, we're concluding uh, this morning a series called Flip My House, and um, wow, it just has been so good. I have absolutely loved, loved, loved teaching and sharing these principles, all the messages you can find on our podcast or online on our website. Go back, get the word in you, get, this, get the messages of, uh, of truth inside your heart and life. I believe they'll change you. I believe there are proofs, uh, truths in this thing that we're going to see fruit from years from now. The cost of decisions and choices that have been made. And so it starts with the choices like we've been talking about in the book of Joshua. So go with me, if you would, turn to Joshua chapter 24. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 24. No word, no backup from that. From yeah. the okay. What's wrong with y'all? So uh, good stuff, man. And we're glad you're here. If it's your first time at Faith or New Year, we're so glad God sent you this way today. And uh, we just believe the Holy Spirit's going to already done something in you and through you, to you, all those good things that he does. And so uh, we believe that uh, it was his plan to get you here. And so Faith Renewed, let all of our first-time guests know you're excited. They came to Faith Renewed. <clears throat> awesome, awesome, awesome. As you turn to Joshua 24, I'm going to let uh, Brian and Nikki come on up, if you would, and uh, get in position and place. We're going to do some things today. It's just uh, really cool today. I'm going to just have... Uh, spend a little time with these guys, and then I'm going to share some things from my heart to kind of close this series out that I, I really hope that you will um, you'll just grab hold of today uh, so that you'll really grab hold of these truths. And um, so, but Joshua 24, we've read this now for 15 weeks together. This is week 15 of this series, and so uh, we've read this passage for 15 weeks now, and um, it's in verse 14 of 15. If you got it, say amen. amen. Awesome. So you practice something, ready to say amen now. You'll know later why I said that. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Say this with me. Serve the Lord. Come on, say it like you mean it. Serve the Lord. That was better. Verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And now declare this one last time in this series together. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Let's pray and talk to him one more time. God, thank you for what you have already done in this room. Thank you for that you came in as we lifted you up and you're drawing us into you even now. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for the lives that have been changed in this series, for the lives that are being changed and will be changed because of the principles and truths from your word, God. We're thankful for it, give you praise for all of it, and we just ask all these things today in the name above every name, in the name of the one who is seated at your right hand right now, Father. You can look over and see today, God, the one who is the king of all kings, who's the Lord of all lords who is the one and only undefeated Jesus, and we declare it in that name today. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. 
Amen, amen, amen. Uh, we have been having an, a great time in this series, and we're doing some things, I told you, just a little bit different, just hanging out, getting to know one another, and, and just looking at situations and learning from things, learning from one another. And um, uh, I've asked today as we close out this series for this couple just to share a little bit today about uh, their life, what's going on. So um, I am pumped today that uh, Brian and Nikki uh, Brimer are going to hang out with us for a few moments today, and um, I want to make sure you got you unmuted here, and uh, I don't want Jesse to blame you for operator error. <laughs> Check one, two, all right, and you should be good. If you grin, you're good. Can you hear me now? Um, awesome. There you go, man. Thank there you. There we go. <clears throat> uh, first of all, man, uh, won't you guys do this? Won't you just introduce yourself, your family, uh, give us a little bit of history as far as um, who you are, so these people will know who's up here hanging out with us today. You may have seen them uh, drive in in the minibus. and um, uh, so uh, We are the crazy people <coughs> with all the children. <laughs> uh, talk to us. All right, as, as you said already, uh, Brian and Nikki Brimer. Uh, we've been married for coming up on 22 years uh, here in the next couple of months. Now you see the picture there, one of my favorite pictures and one of the best days of my life, uh, no That's doubt about it. Um, from the time we started dating, um, things clicked. We had a lot of common vision, and one of those being some children. Uh, and at, at that time, the, the number estimated was six. Um, so you see six M names there, and Lord blessed us, and so we had to change letters uh, going on from there. Uh, but uh, has, has definitely blessed us. And, uh, you know, from that standpoint, um, you know, that's, that's what we wanted. Uh, we totally surrendered it to God, which when we started dating, when we began, we were not following God. Um, you know, I say we was following some gods, some little G gods, uh, but not the big G God. And so after we started dating and, and, and seeking him, um, you know, we just totally surrendered, totally surrendered and began what we say is our faith journey. Um, wow. No kids, one kid, eight kids. It's a faith journey. You yes, got to have faith. You got to understand and, and seek him and follow him uh, through that. Uh, also, at that time, I've been one of, uh, I'm going to say, bumper stickers and just those cliches and a little bit uh, generational curse from my dad of uh, smart aleckness. Uh, so one of those stickers I took on initially was, I am pro-choice, and so are you. <laughs> and if you don't believe that, you ain't been listening the last 12 weeks because we are pro-choice. This day, we will choose who we serve. Come on, bro. That's good. That's good, man. And so we chose that our house would serve the Lord. Amen. And so we begin that. And so, yes, um, eight children. As you, as you see in the picture, there's nine. One is now uh, in-law. Uh, and I, I'll go ahead and, and, and uh, answer the question that half of you just asked. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I am a statistician. <laughs> yes, we do know what causes it. <laughs> yeah. Okay? That's awesome. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and it has been a blessing, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, over uh, the last uh, 22 years, uh, challenge we've had, we've, we've moved a lot. You know, as, as another child comes, you know, we've got to have more room, and we choose too much room and back up and, and back and forth. And that's been a blessing, also been a challenge for us, is, is those moves. Uh, and, and then it, the, the big move came. We pretty much both had been in the same county we grew up in. Um, until 08, and I had been laid off from a job and, and found one across the border in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And so uh, we moved over there, and uh, that was that was a challenge for us, uh, to, to be there, to be away from home, 
uh, to say from family. Uh, but God we, bless We you. had seven kids at that time. Yeah, had seven at that time. And uh, moved over there for a couple of years, and then uh, we moved back uh, to Georgia. Or at least I'm saying Nikki and the seven kids moved back. I stayed working over there. Uh, got up at 5.30 Monday mornings, drove over, stayed somewhere uh, during the week. Not somewhere a truck stop, but somewhere planned. Uh, and then came home, you know, Friday night. And I, I tell you honestly, uh, she was a single parent for that year. You know, uh, a single parent. Because when I got home Friday night, you know, I... Physically, the body was there Saturday and Sunday, but the minds and the emotions weren't there. And uh, so, you know, for that year, she was a single parent. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I left her in good shape. She was pregnant for half the time, you know, and they had a newborn baby for the other half the time. You know, what more could she ask for? Uh, but, uh, but, but then moved back to uh, Tuscaloosa for a couple of years. And again, a lot of more growth uh, there, being away. Uh, changes in our attitudes in a lot of ways. Uh, but from there. Uh, then uh, got laid off over there. Uh, the great textile industry. And uh, so we moved back to Georgia for a little while. And, and then, these layoffs are real comforting for a stay-at-home mom would like it. Yes, yes. <laughs> It'd talk about a faith journey. Yes, you know. And so I uh, moved back to Georgia for a while and then uh, found a job in, in Spartanburg uh, back in 13. And we moved up here. Uh, I lived in Spartanburg for two years until last year, last July, we moved to Simpsonville. And uh, just uh, trust the Lord in that and, and bring us here and, and why and, and how we're here and just, uh, you know, Glad to be here. Yeah. I will tell you quickly the kids there. Uh, Maggie uh, is the oldest girl. She uh, turned 21 yesterday. Uh, and her husband, Jacob, of now over two years. Uh, got married on, on New Year's Day two years ago. And uh, thankfully, blessfully, uh, they'll be providing our first grandchild come May. Yeah. You know, so we are excited about that, other than the fact they live in Texas. Uh, you know, so that, that's making that's a challenge for us right now too. And besides the fact that I'm not going to be a grandma, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to be a grandma, but my daughter's having a baby. <laughs> you know, may, may, besides be a good grandpa. Yeah, besides the number of eight up there, you know, maybe one of the reasons we're up here is, is some reason Pastor Terry thinks we may know a little bit about parenting. And and I looked a while ago, and I keep a calculating running data sheet on it. Uh, as of right now, cumulative. Years of parenting, 103.6 years we have. Now, I know you say, Ryan, that must be some of the Alabama math, but uh, uh, no, yeah, I'm 51 and she's 28, but it all works out. Yes, so just got to yes. believe it's me. It's a miracle. Believe me. It's a miracle. Uh, uh, That's awesome. Molly is uh, 19. Uh, Michael, you know, here is uh, 16. Matthew, 15. Mary Rose, 12. Malachi, 9. Mary, uh, Gracie, 8. And uh, Gabriel, just turned five this week and uh wow you see somebody in the hall he'll tell you something uh, no strange uh from him uh no doubt so have been blessed uh with that and just uh like i say proud to be serving the lord with that awesome well you deserve an award just for knowing all their birthdays and i don't know how old they are I, I don't know my three so uh but uh uh, again, you guys do have a lot of experience, and I, I love these guys. I haven't been able to spend a little bit of time with them prior to, you know, being on the stage. And so uh, just to kind of hear their heart and share that, you know, be open about, you know, not doing it right all the time and making mistakes and sharing different things. It's just awesome to be transparent and be able to say, I'm going to come up here and share my heart. It's a very cool thing. And um, so just it's kind of second thing is this. Just what is your favorite kind of best parenting method that you would say that, you know, you guys used or not used enough or whatever. I, I would say, in general, uh, there's not one. You know, and, and I, I will throw out one of my bumper stickers. You know, I think uh, the world today has done a great job in raising children. 
And if you look around, you watch something's going on TV a lot these days, we got a bunch of children running around as adults. And so our goal from the beginning was not to raise children, but to raise adults. You know, and so we saw the goal, what we wanted them to be at 25, 30 years old. And so beginning at one, move toward that goal. That's good. You know, there's some passes, there's some handoffs, there's some end of rounds, plays, getting those first downs to get there. But the, but the goal is the end, get to the end, that they be adults when they leave our house. Uh, as far as one, again, I said there's not one. Uh, we have tried several. Uh, quite a few we have tried and have learned that depending on the child and their personality, uh, their surroundings, the environment, and all, uh, I mean, I, there's not one. No, there's not one. Uh, my two oldest girls, 14 months apart, raised pretty much close the same, and they are totally different. I mean, it looks like they come from different households. Hmm. Uh, you know, so, so I can't say that there, there is one. Um, it's, you know, and I guess the, the, the focus I see, um, you know, a book I read many years ago and used to have on my computer screen, and, and, and I've seen it here recently, um, you know, it's saying it's not about me. And that's something we've we've tried to live. Uh, you know, before I met Nikki, it was about me. And I live that way. Uh, but now, you know, it's not about me. And, and it's not about them either. You know, I, I think that's mm-hmm. part of uh, the shortcomings we have. Is, is, as, as children, we pour it all into our children. That's great. We've got to take care of them. We've got to bless them. We've got to provide for them. But it's all about Jesus Christ. Come you on. know, whether we're single, whether we're married, whether we're parents, grandparents, or whether we're children. You know, it's all about him and and so i you know there's not not i say a, a particular method to say hey go look at this website and do this and you'll be successful um one of the things that was a little bit of a transition for us when we had our two older girls and and i'm super close to them and i tell them now i say i'm sorry but y'all were like guinea pig <laughs> y'all were guinea pigs i was not just had turned 22 when i had maggie and then 23 when i had um Molly, and so it, it really was a, a growth and learning process, but I think one thing that um, made a huge impact for our family is that we transitioned more from, um, you know, the punishment mentality, you do something, first of all, always trying to establish my authority, and so I think God, you know, uh, led me into more of a, you know, first he told me, you know, you don't have to establish your authority, you are the authority, you know, so that's over with, but what he wanted us to do was start coming alongside our children. And in a discipleship, you know, type relationship. And we have seen a huge, huge significant change in the atmosphere in our home. I spent, I started putting my energy more toward what am I channeling out, you know, to the kids instead of you're doing this wrong and we need to, da, da, da. you know, I just felt like I was always barking out orders. And you can imagine if you just, you know, have two kids, what that was like, but you, you know, have eight kids, which until two years ago, they were all still under the house. You just can't deal with every issue all the time. And uh, one thing that Brian said that I loved, he said, conflict is inevitable, but combat is optional. And I grew up in a combative household. Everything, you, you, you hold it in and you explode. You hold it in and explode. So that's what I had been conditioned, and we were married at 20, and so I'm having all these kids, and, and so I had to learn that, you know, I didn't have, we were going to have issues that came up, but that they could be dealt with, and I think that's where the, the faith and the relationship um, with the Lord came in. Um, 
one of the things that comforted me through the years because you can imagine, you know, when you have a ton of kids, like, it was really good for us because we couldn't do the whole child worship thing. <laughs> we didn't have enough energy into, you know, pouring our whole lives into, you know, one of them. And then we had so many. But uh, one of the verses that brought me a lot of comfort was Isaiah fourteen thirteen. He said, and your children will be taught by the Lord Come on. and great will be their peace. And so the Lord um, continuously showed me that through my mistakes, I mean, sometimes in a, he would always show out in an area that I had specifically failed in. He would come in and either another person or a, just maybe a dream. I mean, something. I have so many stories to tell. But the Lord would come in and intervene in that, children, in that child's life about this particular thing. So all I could say was, you know, it's the Lord. It's nothing that we have done because, you know, we have made every mistake that you could make. I mean, Brian, when Terry said, you know, you can talk to him about it. And he said, well, we could tell him everything not to do. Because <laughs> we did a lot of, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, then a, a huge thing was, I'm glad you made these notes, honey. I said, oh, we'll be fine. We'll just get up there. <laughs> we'll, we'll just, it'll come. And he said, no, let's, let's go by notes. One of the um, big things was uh, for me as a mom, but, I, you know, we... It, it helped him too, is that our expectations for our children, our standards for our children cannot be any higher than who we are. You know, we can't expect our children to be everything we wish we were, you know. We need to be the kind of people that we want our children to be and not the kind of people we used to be because I had a lot of guilt about that in my, you know, 20s and those first years too. But, you know, I think God wants to meet us right in the moment where we are not who we used to be, but where we are. And then we say, God, I want my children to be this way, so will you give me the grace to be this way? Because we can't expect them to memorize Scripture when we don't know any. You know, we can't expect them to rise and and have character at school in a situation when we don't do that at work or with a neighbor or, you know, that sort of thing. So we can't really expect our children to be greater than where we are. So that's like encouragement for us to... I will, I guess, for those of you that have some of the letters that I have, uh, whatever they may be, and, and like to take notes. I, I will give you. I will give you these notes. And we learned this at a, at a seminar, uh, and it's uh, four C four C's there. That, that uh, training and, and, and first, you know, is a caregiver, and you're a caregiver to them. You know, from up to age six, you know, and then from six or so until eleven, you're the cop. You know, and you know that that involves some discipline and, and some correction. You know, but it, it's 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 not. You know, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. You know, type mentality. Uh, then from there, from, you know, 12 to 18, and of course, that, like this varies depending on the, the maturity of the children. You're, you're a coach. You're guiding. You're coaching them. You're instructing them. You, like I said, giving them an example. And then after that, you know, it's a counselor. You know, you're counseling. And I want to emphasize something here from 19, 20 on. As, as a counselor, uh, you are the counselor when you're sought after. That's good. When they come to you and say, you know, I need a vent, you know, then you listen. I'm an engineer, I like to fix things, you know, and I want to fix everything. And, you know, a lot of times, the older girls especially come, you know, and just want to vent, just want to talk. And that's the hard part sometimes. But as a counselor, uh, you know, listen to them, let them vent, and give them some advice and send them on the way. That's good. That has helped us, I think, have a good relationship. When when we first heard this, they were all young and in the house. But as they've gotten older, we've really appreciated that that wisdom about only giving our counsel when it's sought after because um, I think it builds up a wall. When you're constantly, you know, you're trying to, your adult children are coming to you saying, you know, 
this, 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 and you're like, you need to do this, this, you know, and then you then they don't do that, and then it can just offer like a little bit of friction or uncomfortableness or whatever. So I just I listen and I think all the things to myself. I pray about, it, I channel it through prayer. But then if I get the mom, what do you think I should do? <laughs> then okay, you know, here it comes. But um, come on. <laughs> but if it if they don't say mom, what do you think I should do? I just listen and you know eventually they you know figure it out or. Which, you know, that's what, you know, we had to do, so. That's good. Uh, so you're already heading this direction. Keep going. What advice do you have for, for the coaches here? Uh, hopefully, it's, you know, hit on a little bit. You know, first and foremost has got to be your relationship with the Lord. You know, w- without that, uh, Amen. It, it, I mean, you're all over the place, no <laughs> doubt. First and foremost, got to have that relationship with the Lord. You know, and then beyond that, the relationship with each other. You know, um, and, and as a married couple, that's easy to say. Uh, I know we have lots of single parents out there, you know, but thankfully the word tells us, and I believe it, you know, when there's not that person, he is that person. Come he on. is our spouse along with the Lord. And so just count on him even more in, in, in those roles uh, that he plays. Um, and after, I don't remember, two or three or four, uh, children back, you know, people are saying, you know, well, how many kids do you want? And I said, you know, um, I can't say it. Well, uh, I, I said, you I'm know, if you, you need to be careful a, if, with yeah, his words, be careful yeah, with be, be, uh, if you want About a number, I'm going to say 12. You know, a little Old Testament research said a, a scabbard would hold 12 arrows, you know, and that's what, you know, happy is a man who has many of them, you know, and so, okay, if you want a number 12, okay, that's, that's a number. Uh, and, and, and seeing that and, and, and personally keeping those areas in, especially at this time with Maggie and Jacob being in Texas and that first grandchild coming up, you know, I want to keep all those areas in the scabbard. Uh, but just plain as day, last week, sitting right over there, the Lord told me, that's not the purpose of an arrow. The arrow is to be drawn back and sent forth. That's right. And shot out, you know. And hopefully you've got them sharp, you've got the feathers trimmed, and they're good to go. And so that's what we you know, are, are trying to do. Uh, probably, you know, one of the, the hardest things, particularly for me, is to be transparent with them. You know, we hear a lot of that in business now, you know, in, in, in the men's Bible studies, being transparent and being open and being real. Uh, now, granted, that transparency has to be age-appropriate. Uh, but, you know, you, they, you need to tell them. You know, let them see how you are, as Nikki said earlier. You know, you don't want them to expect them to be more than you are. Uh, you know, no hypocrisy in what you do uh, with them. Um, you know, and can't tell you we're there yet. Uh, just in the last few months, uh, we're headed to Georgia to see the, the family down there and, uh, you know, even driving through Atlanta, uh, many miles I drive now uh, during the week. Uh, you know, my, the road rage is, is very minimal. So through Atlanta was no problem. We get down south airport and uh, one of the uh, kids is mouthing off a little bit, you know. And so we get there, and like I say, and then tell him, hey, you need to be quiet. You need to be quiet. Then I use the S word, you know, and <laughs> he, he still won't be quiet, you know. And so, you know, I can't say nothing, but I unleash, so you know, the verbal abuse on him, you know. And I'm just yelling and screaming, and the guy three cars over, got his windows up, and I'm through there looking, seeing what's going on. You know, Nikki's looking for the defibrillator because I'm fixing to go out, you know. Uh, <laughs> I was coming up with my plan to take over the wheel <laughs> when he went know, down. You know. And, and, you know, you know, but then once we got there, you know, the sad part about it was, you know, we got there Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, 
I wasn't there again. You know, I was so beat up, so overcome with guilt, you know, that I didn't enjoy the experience there of, of the grandmas and the grandfather and the kids being there in the country and, and hanging on, you know. And so I had to go to him and say, hey, I'm sorry, you know. I shouldn't have been that way. You know, I can say you shouldn't have been that way, but that don't matter now, you know. I shouldn't have been that way, period. And, you know, I love you. Will you forgive me, you know, and, and, and seek that, you know, uh, forgiveness there. But say, hey, you know, yep, we mess up still, no doubt. Um, well, the biggest thing that I just wanted to leave with was just hope and encouragement. I feel like a lot of times that's what um, I just really feel like our our calling is. It's just to offer hope to other people, uh, particularly in this area. Um, I, I really appreciate Terry doing this series when we uh, he first said he was going to do it. I just wanted to cry because it's not uh, talked about a lot in the church. But mm-hmm. in reality, I, the church is only as strong as its families that are inside it. Wow. And a lot of conflict, especially with adult children, you know, even... <laughs> And uh, families being broken up, those were things that really burdened me. And I feel like you sow those seeds when they're little about having good communication, good relationship, so that you can have generations of, you know, of peace and fun times. One thing we left out was that we laugh a lot at our house. And I'm trying to teach my children to laugh at themselves, not just each other (laughs) and not just me. But I learned to laugh at myself. And uh, we just do a lot of laughing. If there's a joke or just something lighthearted to be, you know, to come up with in the situation, I did it for years. But now all of my kids, especially my four older kids, have such a funny sense of humor. And um, and so we've able to to laugh a lot. It helps. It's a good stress reliever. <laughs> it's a good stress reliever. And um, but you know, I, the Lord met us every time right where we were when we when we called out to Him. It's been all about Him. We didn't do this for ourselves. We ran out of ourselves like about what two years in. About two years in, <laughs> I was depressed and overwhelmed and. Uh, we hardly knew each other when we got married. I just woke up one day and thought, oh my gosh, like this is life. And I married somebody I hardly knew and we have two kids and it's just not what I thought it was going to be. And, um, God met us, you know, there and he, we started walking with him and surrendered it all to him. And so our family hasn't been about building a monument or generation for ourselves. It's been about doing that for him and for his glory. And we do get a lot of attention. I couldn't remember that verse when you were at the house, but it's in uh, Galatians, and it's where Paul says they glorify God because of me. Amen. He's talking about when he wow. went he went there, and they yeah. we heard that he used to persecute the church, and now you know he's preaching the same gospel that they do. And I feel like if somebody can glorify God because they can say we were the least likely, you know, in our bunches <laughs> that would have uh, followed this road, and so I think that you know that people can look at us and say, oh, it must be God. You know, wow. and so we get we give him the glory for that. Amen. Um, thank you guys for coming up here and taking, you know, time to do this. And also, thank you for making yourself available. Uh, they've mentioned this to me, and this is happening uh, with some of the other couples who have, who have testified and shared, and, and I love it. And that's what I'm trying to create. We're trying to create this culture around here. But some of the ones who have got up and shared, you know, I'm having this, I had this marriage issue, but we've worked through this with God's grace and love. And what I'm hearing now is there's other couples sitting down with those couples and saying, how do we do this? You know, what, what should we do? So thank you guys for doing that. And uh, honestly, that just makes my job easier. But more than that, it's a picture of what the church and the body is supposed to look like, ministering to each other. So really, it's how the church is supposed to operate. So I love it. And uh, and same here. You know, you guys, we have new families, new uh, couples, uh, you know, new kids and different things. These, these guys, 
Maybe you can call them up and say, man, you've done this a couple of times. Uh, well, you know, maybe how you can help me here. So again, just uh, that's how it works. And that's what I think the body of Christ is supposed to look like. So thank you guys for coming up, sharing, and uh, being here. Let them know you appreciate them doing this. Thank you again. So cool. Um, I'm going to move those to the side so I don't trip over these things that hurt myself. It's very possible. <clears throat> wow. Uh, man, that was cool. Eight. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Lord. That's Psalms 127, though, last week that I shared, like, like errors in the hands of a warrior. That's... Thank you for bringing that up, man. It's such a word. So um, I got a little time today, and so I'm going to take it and use it, uh, make the most of it. So um, I've uh, been praying about how to end this thing. How do, you, how do you close this thing? So I'll start by saying we're not ending this series, even though uh, we're going to be moving on to another series. These are just We're going to continue to teach principles that are in God's Word to help your family, to flip your home, to keep moving forward into things of God. And so uh, we're going to keep doing those deals. But I was like, kind of like, well, how do you wrap this up? What do you do? And so just kind of in prayer, I really feel like today just kind of sharing three things, uh, three decisions that we've made in our home and uh, that we, we believe uh, make a difference in our house and make a difference in our home. And so uh, we, um, we'll conclude it this way. I, I'm going to start by prefacing and saying that this may sound old school to some um, <clears throat> as, I, as I bring up and share the things that uh, we, we, choices we've made. It may sound old school to some of you. That's okay. Um, I, I'll go ahead and say that uh, what I'm going to talk about is not popular amongst uh, a lot of places and churches and pastors and, and those sort of things. That's okay. Um, things I'm going to talk about are, are going to be controversial, uh, and so it, it is what it is. But um, I, um, and I, I hear people say this, and I grew up in church where it was like this, uh, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, or whatever. Uh, so I, I typically will tend to stay away from that type of message, and I'll typically give instruction on do these things. And so it's kind of like how I do ministry and kind of how I try to share or whatever. Uh, and so uh, somebody told me, and I, was, I got real pumped up, and they told me this. They said, I got a whole notebook full of uh, notes from this series. And so I'm like, that's good. They learned a lot. They got a lot of principles. And But today I am going to do... Uh, in, in closing, I want, I want to share three don'ts. All right? These are three don'ts. These are three, we don't do these things in our home. Um, uh, I, I want to be, again, known as a church, and I believe we are, who's known more about what we're for than what we're against. Uh, again, what to do instead of what not to do. But uh, So this is, again, these are things that we don't do in our home. Uh, you know, these are not the... There's some some no don't do's are just no brainers. Um, we don't we don't do drugs and you know, and do crazy stuff. Uh, we we don't let our kids you know uh, be in in a room by themselves with with a uh, boyfriend girlfriend uh, that, be in their house. We just, that's just no brainers to me. Some of those things are just don't even make sense. I mean, just so just don't do that. But these are things that can kind of. Get, get some people to disagree. Some people may disagree. That's okay. Uh, you've probably disagreed with me before. So, but the first don't do this is, we don't do this, is uh, we don't use certain words in our home. All right? We don't use certain words in, in our home. Uh, no matter of fact, let me, let me, I'm going to save that for a second. I just messed him up. We, we don't watch certain movies. 
I'm going to put this first. We don't watch certain movies in our home because this is going to flow into the second one. Um, <clears throat> we don't watch certain movies in our home. I, I grew up in a time where just going to the movies was a sin. I don't know if any of y'all, some of y'all grew up. I, I literally, I'm 45. Uh, I've never been to a movie with my parents. Never. I've just never been to a movie with my parents. I, to my knowledge, I don't know if they've ever been <clears throat> since they became adults. I don't guess they have or whatever. Um, and so we, we grew up in a movie where it was like it was, a, it was like a sin. And so you, if you did go, I remember I went to the movie with a neighbor one time, and I was kind of like praying that during that movie, Lord was not going to come back. You know, it was kind of like one of them. <laughs> You know, kind of things, man. And so, uh, with the, you know, the, with their, you know, kind of new popularity of like three hour movies, like The Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, you, you would not ever go to one of three hours. That's like double the chance, dude. You're going to get left behind and you are, it's over for you. So, uh, I mean, you just no, no chance whatsoever. But, um, so we're not like that. We've been to a lot of movies and, um, and, and we watch <clears throat> a lot of movies <clears throat> in our home and, um, we enjoy entertainment. We waste time watching TV like, you know, everybody else does. We waste, we do that. Sometimes probably too much. We <clears throat> do try to, try to make that the best that we can. But um, we don't watch certain movies. We just don't. We, typically, you can categorize this in the R movie category for the most part. And just, I mean, typically, that's kind of where that falls. Uh, we, don't, we don't watch movies. We don't allow movies in our home that have nudity in them. Uh, we just we, we don't we don't do that. We just uh, I, I know some people again uh, who go to these movies with family, sit in front of the TV, watch these movies. Uh, we don't do it. Um, um, matter of fact, this is kind of how I was raised up. Thankfully, uh, I was raised up in a time where uh, you know we didn't have uh, you know any cable and stuff like that. My parents still don't have cable. Never have had it. Uh, we had um, rabbit ears with aluminum foil. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, <clears throat> we we had, had and we had remote control TV, and I was the remote control, and uh, so uh, it was you know smacking the back of the head, and, and you know it's kind of like pushing a button. It was a smacking the head, and, and I remember watching shows, and I remember seeing these certain shows that were on four, seven, thirteen. You only had three, and then uh, UHF sixteen, twenty one, four. You know you you. You know, he was excited. But uh, I, I remember being in the home, though. We didn't watch certain things. Again, if there was nudity, if there was profanity and that kind of stuff in that, we didn't, we didn't watch it. And I remember many times where there would be a show that was on that I really kind of wanted to see. And we were watching it. And then I remember when they would say a cuss word in it. And I'm going, no, don't start that. Don't do that. Because my dad sitting in the recliner, and it was his chair. Nobody else got his chair. And he was set up, and he said, we're not going to keep watching that if it keeps on. So I'm praying, because I wanted to see this, man. And I mean, and so I, I, I remember, and then when it would say another one, and I was like, let's see it, it's over. And then I wanted to say one. I didn't say, but, uh, but, but I, I, I remember getting smacked in the head, so I go turn it. And we turned it. And I was kind of like, man, you know, I was kind of frustrated about that. And, um, and it kind of got on my nerves a little bit and, and that sort of thing, living like that. But you know something? I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Um, unfortunately, we're living in a time, and so again, we're being real, just we're living in a time where it's very difficult now. You can't watch anything that doesn't have some type of language in it a lot of time. It's just truth. Uh, but, but do make this decision. We've made it. Um, we don't regret it. It's, it's made this decision. It's... Uh, don't watch those things that have a lot. Again, this is what we've done. Um, I, I, I believe the old saying that garbage in, garbage out. Amen. 
I just believe that. I think that's true. I've seen that. I think there's just so many principles that you can back that up. So um, if you see that, that's kind of how that works. Uh, because I'm going to just be honest with you, uh, this kind of stuff that's on that we're exposing ourselves to and our kids to, that stuff gets in your mind. It gets in your mind. I mean, you, you cannot, and we'll just speak, you know, just for guys for just a moment. You can't sit around and watch that stuff and it not affect you. Told you we just get honest today. and just so, so we made the choice. We don't do this. We don't watch this. Matter of fact, we, we do this. And uh, so I've trained up um, my, my sons, and we're, we try to do this. When, if there is something even that comes up on a show, you know, while we're watching it, just turn our head. Just turn your head from that. Again, this is not anything graphic because we're not even watching that one. It's not even on the TV. It's not allowed. So, so, but again, when that junk comes up, you bounce, you turn your head. You don't go that direction because, again, I promise you, this stuff will get in your head. It'll get in your mind, um, uh, and it will affect your life. So we don't do this. We don't watch certain movies. Second thing is this. Um, we don't say certain words. We don't say certain words in our home. We, uh, we, we, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of tell you there's kind of a couple of different layers to this principle. Um, I, I am speaking about uh, cuss words, or whether you brought up to say curse words. Uh, so however you say that, um, foul language, um, swear words, whatever you call that, we don't talk that way in our house. We, we don't say those words. I, I've, um, <clears throat> and this is the truth, we're living again, we're living in a different world, different mindsets. I, I've heard people even say, well, uh, who determines what those words are? Uh, that that um, the world comes up and society and culture teaches that those words are bad. So I'm going to go ahead and say this because this is just true. If society and culture says it's bad, thank you very much. It's ridiculous because, I mean, how many understands and knows that our society and culture doesn't want to label things that are blatantly, clearly, without question, wrong in Scripture that still in no way, form, or fashion wants to say those things are wrong? So if the culture says it, we can pretty much bank that there's going to be reason after reason in Scripture that backs these things up. So again, we don't say these things. Uh, now, we, we got kids we got, uh, you know, their siblings, their brothers and sisters, and, and so they say things to each other. We say things to them. Thanks again for the transparency. We say things, and you kind of regret or whatever, but there's just some things we don't say. We don't share and say certain words. We don't speak like that. Now, again, we don't go around the house all the time singing, shout to the Lord to one another, you know. I mean, it's not, it's not that household. I mean, sometimes it gets like that, but, but then there's moments, but, but it's not us going around doing that. And, and if we do this, again, they call each other names, cut up, their kids, their brothers, or whatever. But if we do hear certain things going in certain directions, we stop that. So, again, we just don't allow this. And some of you are saying, man, you're just old school. Yes, I am. And I believe there's a lot of things in Scripture that can back up that these things are just, they're just not good for us. It's not, it's not, it's not profitable, I, I would say. Um, and somebody saying, this is just little stuff, Pastor. This is not no big deal. And the Scripture says this. It's those little foxes that spoil the whole vine. So I believe there are little choices and little decisions we can make. Psalms 19.14 says this, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You've said it, and you, you, you've probably done this, that you know, you've heard those saying, sticks and stones break my bones, words that never hurt me. 
And you know that. I've said this. That's a lie. It's a lie. And so, not just we're not using foul language or swear words or whatever. We want to be careful what we speak in our home. We want to speak life over our kids. And uh, we want to speak, speak hope to them. Listen to what the Scripture says in, in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. It's from the message. It says this. It says, with our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. Now, he, again, there's a lot of there's layers to this thing. And again, what we speak, how we say this. Uh, he literally saying there is no spring. If you've been out, either it is a bad spring or it's a good spring. You don't kind of change up here and there depending on what's running through it. It's life or there's death in these things. So be careful kind of what's going on in your life. Be careful the words that you use. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, and I love the message of it. It says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. Again, we're going to keep hearing this word, you choose. It continues to be a choice. So, so, so be careful the words that you say. Again, they are taught about this parenting thing being a picture of us and what we do. And I've, I've, I've seen this, and man, it breaks my heart, and it breaks the heart of the parent, and wherever this came from, again, society or whatever. But I've, I've, I've seen kids just cussing out their parents. I'm going, are you serious right now? And, and, and then again, but, but if truth be known... They're probably, you know, maybe cussing out their coworker, their neighbor, or, or they're doing something along this line. So, again, just choose these words. I, I believe you're going to start seeing the environment change in your home if you'll just go in and start getting rid of maybe certain things that are on the TV that you see. Maybe get uh, rid of what's allowed in there. Maybe start being very careful of what you say and what you speak. And, and again, don't allow those certain things. You can't control someone once they get outside your home. You can't, you, don't, you, don't, you can't make them do that, but I believe this. I believe when you make these choices, it will affect them. And if they do go down certain paths, Holy Spirit's going to draw them back. He'll, he'll bring it to, to somehow to your knowledge of what's going on, and you can address it and deal with it the way it should be dealt with. So, again, that's, just, that's two don'ts that we, we, we made decisions in our home. And the third one that we made, again, we could talk a lot about different things, but the third one is this. We don't drink alcohol in our home. Or outside our home. Um, I know um, it's not popular to say anymore. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. It's unpopular to say. It's unpopular for for pastors now to to get up and to say uh, this because we're living in a culture statistically that um, more are consuming alcohol than less now. The percentage is past that. So, uh, so again, I, I know when you even say things like this as a pastor and speak to uh, congregations or people or whoever it is, you're speaking to a minority who may believe the way that you believe and have chose and made the same choice in the Bible the way you've, you've made choices as you look at Scripture. And so, again, I, I, uh, it's a decision we made. And um, as I go in Scripture and as I, I look in the Bible, um, I, I don't see see anywhere in scripture where anything profitable ever comes from this decision to choose to drink alcohol. I cannot find it. Matter of fact, I find over, over, and over, and over, and over, and over just the opposite. You you find things where, where people start getting, like Noah, man, getting naked. 
You know, I gotta use my word again, man. I look for ways to use naked, naked. Or how you say, but but you see, you see Lot had incest and and he 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 had sex with his daughters. You see Israel worshiping golden calves, and and you can see this list going on and on and on. And I can sit up here today, and they're so easy to find. And like last week, I shared statistically why it's important that homes have parents that are there and involved. I could find you statistic after statistic and show you after show you show you. You the reason why, again, nothing profitable ever comes from that. Again, scripturally and in my life. So I'm not going to go to statistic. I'm going to go speak for just a moment from what I know to be true and what I've seen in almost two decades of ministry. Never anything profitable. I've just, I've, 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 I, before my time in ministry as a firefighter and a first responder, I, I went to car wreck after car wreck after car wreck. And it would always, typically, and many times, when it was fatalities involved, that was a part of it. I, um, in just my short time working with the Simpsonville Police Department, already have seen this decision to go down this road and make this a part of their life already cause death by accident and death by choice. I think a lot of times we do this, and um, I think we always want to ask certain questions, and we do this. It's just our nature. We, we ask certain questions because we want to do certain things, and we're looking for justification in that life. We just are. Um, I've said this before. I, I believe that we usually ask the wrong questions. I've, I remember, again, youth ministry, the kids who are dating, saying, Pastor Terry, how, how, how far can we go? How much can we do? Is it okay if we do this much and if we do that much? And, and how, how, how much is okay? And I'm saying, dude, you're asking the wrong question. Why don't you ask this? Why don't you ask, man, how close can I get to God? How, 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 how far can I stay from that edge that's going to take me somewhere I don't want to go that I'm going to regret one day? How, how far can I stay away from those things and how close can I get to the presence of God? Why don't we ask this? And again, I think we ask questions, well, can I drink this or can I do this? And I'm going to ask this question. Again, we ask the wrong one. Why don't we ask ourselves this? Should we? Should we? I, 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 don't, I don't see this. I, personally, um, I grew up and I love the grandfather, soon-to-be story. And um, I, I grew up with the absence of a grandfather in my life on both sides. My dad's father made the decision to drink alcohol. He consumed, 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 and got a hold of some poison alcohol and died. My grandfather, on my mom's side, drank alcohol, decided that when he wanted to drink, he wanted to beat my grandmother something to do. And then he got to the place where he made this decision. Not just beat her, he said, I'm going to go ahead and just leave them and with a lot of kids, with a lot of family, and with her, with my uncle still inside her womb, he decided to walk out the door and never come back. You know something? I was robbed. I was robbed with the luxury of, of having a grandfather in my life. You know something? He was robbed 
a great time with a good-looking grandson, man. He could have hung out with and took a Burger King and, and spent time with and done all these things. He missed out. And so I look at life, and this is what I see. This is what I see. I see us asking the wrong questions so many times. We're saying, I want to flip my home. I said this statement at the very beginning of this series. This is not, am I a Christian? And if we're going to have a Christian home, I made the statement this. We want to have Christ-centered homes. We want Him first. And it's not can I, but should I? Should I go down this direction? And I heard a statement one time, and it wrecked me. And it says, what one, uh, one generation does in moderation, the next generation will do in excess. And so you may be able to make the choice. I can do this and it's okay, but you don't know what your child's going to do. You don't know if they're going to be able to have the control you have or don't have. You don't know that to be true. And so why don't we do this? Why don't we make choices that are healthy and are productive for our home? And again, if there's something that's as positive as ever come from this, I, I would love to hear that story. I just never have. And I've heard the others so many times, so many times, so many times. And this is something that's doing this. It's killing people. It's killing marriages. It's killing families, homes, careers. It's killing destinies. So why make the choice? Why make the choice to say, can I, but say, should I do these things? And again, it's not popular. And I ain't, I, good thing is this today. There's not going to be a vote. There's politicians getting up and telling you right now everything that you want to hear because they want your vote. I'm telling you what you need to know. And this is this. If you want to have a Christ-centered home, there are some things in our life and some decisions and choices we make, I believe, that would be profitable when we say we don't do this. And this is what we need to say. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. 